0: Rain nor sleet nor snow can stop Dylan and I from doing Friday's tech show on this technology edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, Fool Sean O'Reilly here at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Friday, January twenty second, twenty sixteen, and possibly getting trapped at HQ in a blizzard with me is Dylan Lewis. Dylan. Um, do you think we have enough supplies to last through the weekend should the worst happen? I think given the stock market and Good. what's yes. available
1: there, I, that's our, our subsidized pantry at HQ, uh, I think we'll be okay. We're going to have to
0: live off of cashews if we get snowed in yeah, here. It'll be like trail mix <laughs> and dried cranberries. Although I do think they stocked it up with bananas, so we will not suffer from a potassium deficiency. I so. saw
1: some fools uh Kind of scooping up some of the perishable items
0: from the stock market because they really, you know, it's like, it's going to yeah. go bad. Like, no, one, yeah. there's a chance people won't be. That's in the actually a good summoned. point. Yeah, yeah, all the pairs and stuff. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, so that's right, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you've heard, uh, but I don't know, thirty inches on their way to DC as we speak. Yeah,
1: I, I think realistically, I'm hoping it's somewhere between like eight and twelve because that's fun but manageable.
0: Because three feet is bad. Yeah, like but, that's especially in DC where yeah. the infrastructure just isn't here to. Did you take hear care what of, happened uh, two nights ago when uh, we just had that inch? That yeah. was for the heck of it or whatever. There was like a hundred car accidents. Yeah. Just with an inch, what do you I, think's about to happen? I saw
1: it walking back to my apartment from the metro. It was like yeah. people were driving like normally,
0: you know. I mean, yeah. like
1: they were like still
0: putting their gas on. Uh, Maybe a lower at just- ten to twenty miles per hour. Nah. Anyway, cool. All right, so blizzard is not going to stop us, and uh, today we're talking about um, internet growth and usage in uh, emerging markets, specifically India. Yeah, um, why are we talking about them, Dylan? Uh, I just thought it was kind of an interesting topic. You know, typically we're very stock focused, and
1: I thought it might be kind of interesting. To look at, you know, one of the markets that I think a lot of major tech companies, particularly the Fang stocks, but um, you know, most tech companies are looking to
0: as a huge driver of growth. Over I'm the sorry, next, Fang, uh, Facebook, fang? Amazon, Netflix, Google. Oh. that is
1: the the. New coll- colloquialism. If
0: you're if you're listening to the show and you're not watching the video, I'm ro- rolling my eyes. Yes, face palming. And anyway, it's I'm kidding, it's becoming fine. a thing. I actually knew what it was, but yes, I was helping out for, for the of sake of way. our listeners, yeah. Um,
1: but so it's a market that I think, uh, you know, a lot of these businesses are going to rely on for growth in the next decade, two decades, you know, and further out. And it poses a lot of really unique. Um, I don't know, unique hurdles for companies to get challenges, over. And yeah. so uh, I thought one of the things would maybe be kind of interesting would be to roll through some of those challenges and then some of the unique ways that businesses are currently adapting to them or, or you know trying to port over their current business so that it is successful.
0: <laughs> so, uh, India specifically, one of the world's fastest growing economies, uh, pushing 7% GDP growth, obviously second only to, and actually sl- probably slightly beating a little bit right now, China mm-hmm. um, in terms of GDP growth and population size. Um, what else can you tell us?
1: Yeah, uh, so I think uh, one of the first major things that a lot of companies are going to struggle with with this market is, uh, particularly for the online companies, is paying for goods. So here in the U.S., um, you know, like we're used to using credit cards as part machines of machines are everywhere, yeah, yeah, or our smartphones even. You know, if we go to Starbucks, or we've something we've been using like that, PayPal for twenty years. Everything, yeah, yeah. and so it, um, you have a lot of. You know, bankable people, you know, people that have bank accounts and credit cards. <laughs> Americans are bankable, <laughs> yo. <laughs> put, that, put that on a bumper sticker. Oh <laughs> um, and I thought <gasps> one of the great stats to kind of look at just to start off this conversation is some research from the World Bank. They put out this report. Uh, the global. F- Findex uh, database 2014 um, measuring financial inclusion around the world. And one of the quotes I just want to pull from that was in high income OECD uh, economies, 53% of adults reported owning a credit card it in 2014. low, but okay. Yeah, it's lower <laughs> than I expect. But in developing economies, despite recent growth in credit card ownership, only 10% on average reported owning one.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And uh, India is among the leaders in unbanked. Um, Adults and so pe- people that do right. not have checking accounts, uh, and thus, you know, credit card accounts or anything like that. Everything, yeah. So, um, that's, we we're just
0: talking, I'm sorry, we were just yeah. talking about this the other day at the office because we, I, I don't know how we got on the subject of 7 Eleven, but in Southeast Asia and stuff, um, you use like 7 Elevens and convenience stores for literally everything. You mm-hmm. just go there, pay your bills, everything with cash, and you just give it to them, and you pay all your utilities, everything. Yeah, and it's um, totally different than what we're Foreign used to seeing. concept entirely, yeah. yeah.
1: And so that's obviously a major hurdle when you look at some of the companies like Netflix and Amazon that right. rely on credit card processing or some sort of plastic to facilitate, um, you know, transactions. Amazon has <laughs> like
0: a list of ten credit cards I've used in the last twelve years.
1: Yeah, it's like a, it's basically like a credit history. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, drop.
0: I forgot I had that one. Yeah, that's gone. That one, yeah, I, that expired. Like, yeah. Anyway. So one of the questions from Netflix's most
1: recent quarterly call uh someone <clears throat> was asking about some of their plans for India and some of these developing markets and how they were going to handle some of the payment processing issues that are just going to happen right I mean like you need a credit card to have a, yeah. a Netflix account and so uh, this is Netflix's CFO David Wells saying uh, so we've invested internally in building that out, getting smart in terms of the payment systems across the world. We're pressing on gift cards and prepaid cards that might open up the market to those people that don't have access to credit and debit cards.
0: Did they mention um, just getting people to pay annually, even though that'd be a hundred bucks, and that'd be—I mean, that'd be a significant outlay? You still run into the processing issue, though. Right? Yeah, because a lot of these people are relying almost
1: exclusively right. on cash.
0: Well, and the reason I brought it up was that I pictured somebody using a gift card. Once a month for $8. I was like, (laughs) yeah. The more elegant solution there
1: might be doing something where you can buy whatever it is, like $196 or $120 or something like that um, gift card and just covering a whole year subscription at once. yeah, you know, I, I think that that is probably the best way to craft yeah. something like that for the time being. But, but so the idea is here that they're giving people that are relying on cash an option to, right. You know, participate in the digital economy, right?
0: Um, so what's Amazon doing? Amazon, I can't wait to see what Jeff Bezos is doing. Like, <laughs> there
1: was, first off, if this is something you're interested in, there was a fantastic article put together by Fortune. Uh, it's called Amazon invades India. And it talks, I mean, that is like an ominous uh, headline, yeah. but it talks all about the various initiatives that they're putting in place and how much they've had to adapt their business to handle what's going on there. And so, um, and this is a quote from here, uh, from that piece, about half the customers pay cash only What? when their purchases are delivered. What? Amazon has partnered with thousands of small shop owners across the country to act as pickup points in exchange for receiving a small commission per package.
0: Oh my God. Gosh, right.
1: Dylan! It's hard to believe, right?
0: Oh man! But but this is the way that they're adapting to this marketplace that is drastically different. Because they do a little bit of that here, because um, you know you might not want a package sitting on your front doorstep if your door is just on the street or whatever. And so they have those lockers, like uh, they actually have a uh, Amazon lockers at the Seven Eleven up the road here. Mm-hmm. I keep talking about Seven Eleven on this episode <laughs> for some reason, um, but this is like that to an extreme. Yeah. It's like.
1: (laughs) And I don't know that that is like the sustainable solution for them. I I think that it's something that they do now to gain a foothold, get people familiar with the idea of going onto this online platform and ordering. Uh, But down the road, like they need to be doing something different, right? Uh, But I think one of the other really interesting things that that article highlights is how different Amazon's relationship is with the kind of native infrastructure of India and the mom and pop shops there. Uh, because you think about how Amazon handles its relationships with like mom and pop retailers here, it's kind of an adversarial relationship. It's not right? a good relationship. Yeah, I mean, the, the dynamic is like, hey man, like what the heck? Like you, you just took all my sales, you know? Like you're you're undercutting me. Like I don't want to help you out, um, but I, because join us or die. <laughs> yeah, but because so few people in India, or you know, not the majority at least. Um, are banked, you know, and, and have uh, credit card accounts or debit card accounts, they need to have these kind of go-betweens as options. Another big thing that uh, this Fortune article talked about was um, the deliver- delivery infrastructure in Amazon, uh, in India, and how different it is. And so, uh, they rely heavily on people basically like out on motorbikes. I was about to say couriers. Yeah, yeah. delivering packages. Um, and, and part of that is because you need people that have a really solid Knowledge of the area because it is not the same kind of well built out and charted um, you know address infrastructure that we have here in the U.S. It's it's much more uh, arcane in a lot of ways, and so um, you're seeing Amazon kind of lean heavily on the uh, the local businesses and local knowledge here, um, whereas you know for the U.S. they were able to just kind of throw down their grid right and. Have their way, you know,
0: with <laughs> the Good U.S. marketplace. Lord. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I thought that was just fascinating. Wow. Okay. All right. So uh, we've talked about the payments. Talk to me about the internet connectivity because uh, we actually have um, a contractor I, I work with on a regular basis and uh, she's in uh, Calcutta and I think it's actually spelled Kolkata. Anyway. <laughs> um, and uh, she's had connectivity problems from time to time. I mean, it's awesome and she can work with the fool and all this stuff or whatever. But I mean, it's not been. Flawless. Yeah, uh, as you might imagine, like
1: it, it's somewhere that internet access, broadband, is still developing in a lot of ways. And I know that this is something like you, you might be a little bit more familiar with. I don't know. Can you speak to it? Yeah. About?
0: So, um, fortunately, the UN Broadband Commission, uh, a <laughs> part of the United Nations, um, I did not know until today that such a thing existed. But anyway. Um, last year, released a state of broadband report and uh, basically just ranked the world in terms of connectivity for broadband connections. It's something we enjoy here at HQ. I can be editing, listening to music. I mean, it's all awesome. Um, basically, the bottom line of the report said that 57% of the world's people remain offline. That's disappointing. And unable to take advantage of the enormous economic and social benefits the internet can offer. Um, and that's somewhat sobering because, you know, was it last week we talked about Netflix or was it two weeks ago, 190 countries? Oh, no. That was was two weeks ago. No, it was two two weeks ago. That was our CES coverage, yeah. Um, You know, they're in 190 countries, but 57% of the world's people in these countries can't, you know, use Netflix. So that's a problem. Anyway, um, India, unfortunately, ranked 131st out of 189 countries on the fixed abroad brand subscriptions in 2014. And that's actually down from being ranked 125th in 2013. Um, That's. Kind of disappointing, yeah. Um, I mean, you got to lay cable. I mean, it's India's a big country, obviously. So, um, yeah. So I don't. It's this lends itself to the idea that uh, you know I'm sure you've heard Mark Zuckerberg's plans to get everybody in India internet through cell phone service, and that actually seems to be a little bit more viable at this point.
1: Yeah, the Internet.org initiative uh, for all of its net neutrality opposition issues. and yeah. um, you know some of the regulatory issues that they're running into with that. Uh, seems to be a relatively well-intentioned yeah. idea. Um, and you can see that there's uh, such a huge addressable group of people right. um, that that would be aimed at and that would ho- hopefully benefit. Um, but you know, it, it's obvious that there are, are major broadband infrastructure upgrades that need to happen for yeah. Uh, India to enjoy the same type of connectivity that we do here.
0: Uh, yeah, and I don't know what it costs to get everybody in the United States broadband, but everybody here doesn't have broadband. I mean, we're in the nation's capital, so of course it's easier for us, but um, it's mostly cable connections. But I mean, I don't know, hundreds of billions of dollars, a trillion dollars, something to get us where we are here. Yeah. So anyway. So, and, um, so in the U.S., what most people are probably on 3G or 4G, right? Yes, and this, of course, led me to wonder what uh, what was the deal was over in India Mm. because obviously Zuckerberg thinks that cell phones are the best option. All that, Um, most of the country is on 2G and 3G, and I looked at the map. I actually went over to Opensignal.com and they have a convenient India cell coverage map. Anybody can go check this out. It's nice, and uh, you know you have you know any of the providers here, they actually have coverage maps, and you go into the Verizon store and they have their little dotted map and everything red, it has signal and everything. Um, it looked pretty so- similar uh, to a map here over in India for 2G and 3G. Pretty much anywhere that it isn't ridiculously rural, like anything close to a city or a decent population center, you would have 2G or 3G. Mm-hmm. It would be fine. The major cities, about 20, 25 of them, were the only places that had 4G coverage, and that was a little bit disappointing. Hmm. Um, that includes con- cities like New Delhi, Calcutta, Hyderabad, Mumbai, and there's no 4G coverage outside of these major cities. There's about 20-25 of them by my count, I just ballparked it, but um, they're, they're, they they're need a few more towers, I think. <laughs> and so, uh, the big issues with these types of connectivity
1: problems is, A, there are people that aren't connected at all, and B. There are people that are connected but aren't on networks that would support streaming, or it would make streaming prohibitively expensive. Right? If they were on like a per megabyte type plan, and
0: that's a problem for uh, Netflix in particular because they obviously do the streaming. Not as much a problem for Facebook because I mean we're we're used to video ads and everything, but really Facebook is just you know reading and looking at people's photos and stuff. Mm -hmm. So not as bad as Netflix.
1: Yeah, Um, and I think that there are two distinct. Different ways to kind of attack this issue, and two tech companies have kind of different, done it differently, and I've kind of like both of them here. Um, so it's kind of similar to what you are saying with Facebook. Um, one of the things that they did was roll out what they call Facebook Lite, and the, is it what I had in college is that what it is. <laughs> uh, probably <laughs> I, it's probably similar to that, um, but it is uh, for mobile users, and basically it is a stripped down version of the app that requires you know far less. Connect. And it's lower calories, yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> and it tastes great, um, and basically, it's for low bandwidth connections um I think as of their most recent conference call, they have like fifty million people on that, oh wow, so I mean it's definitely gaining traction, um and it's a nice way to get your platform out there without being so expensive and having it be so onerous for people to you know try to access it right. The other way uh that you can kind of get around some of the connectivity issues is uh let people get content when they have strong connections. And this is something that YouTube has done very well. Uh, YouTube is extremely popular in India Um, since, like, I think the maybe like 2007 or so. It's been there. Is it the same business model there? Like, it's just ad-based and then Mm -hmm. cool. Okay, yeah. And uh, so Google introduced uh, offline video playback in India, and um, you know, among several other markets, I think uh, the Philippines, maybe Indonesia too. But the idea being, you can access content that you want to watch when you have it. And download it so it's offline. Does this require a big hard drive or anything like that? Uh, I mean, it depends on the file size, but for yeah. the most part, this is uh, this is all mobile oriented. Okay, so, so I mean, it is doable on phones. Yes. Yeah. So and so you then have it for 48 hours to access. And so, say you are in a city center where you have fantastic right. coverage, um, you can you know whether it's music videos or TV shows or something like that that's yeah. available there, um, you can have it so it's offline. You know, just click the button that you need to, and yeah. then watch it when you're back home. Um, so, so, that's one way that
0: they've been able to. So, that would totally to work because well. I've got, you know, I don't know, 20 or 30 one minute videos of, you know, my kid running around and doing crazy things. And <laughs> theoretically, you know, I could have 10 YouTube videos that I downloaded today and keep them and everything. So, yeah, yeah that's not too crazy at all. Cool. Okay. Well, before we move on, I wanted to point our listeners to the re- newly redesigned Focus.Fool.com. There, you'll discover a special offer to join The Motley Fool Stock Advisor newsletter to start your f- year off foolishly. All loyal IF listeners have access to a special discount on Stock Advisor that works out to $129 for a full two-year subscription. Just go to Focus.Fool.com to take advantage of this offer. Once again, that's Focus.Fool.com. Um, so Dylan, what are some of the other issues they're going to be a little bit harder to address? Because obviously, YouTube's having some success with their offlo- uh, offline downloading. Facebook's just having Facebook Lite. That's not the whole problem, though.
1: No. Uh, there are some other issues. Like like we've said, you know, tech companies have been very good about finding creative solutions to cater to uh, Indian consumers right now. Um, I, I do think that there are some things that are going to be a little bit tougher to get around. Um, one of them being, there's this very pervasive culture of ad supported models. Um in India, and you know not a problem for your Facebooks and google's um a little bit more of a problem for Amazon, depending on you know how much of a how much appeal you think that their prime streaming yeah. option really has um but obviously, this is like, tough for Netflix, and so um there's another fantastic article I'd just like to point some of our readers to uh India offers atypical video challenges is some from The times uh, I think it came out in late December of last year. Um, and one of the companies that they profiled uh, was Eros International. Uh, this is actually a publicly traded company uh, yeah. on the US exchanges. Um, and they're a studio that is, in a lot of ways, kind of the Indian Netflix. And uh, rather than just have the premium model of $8 or so a month, mm-hmm. um, they have a free, kind of limited catalog option for um, people, and it's ad supported. And I, I think that the fact that the native competitor for Netflix. Um, that is kind of it's like a Bollywood studio, um, putting out the type of content that uh, Netflix would be in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, doing that just kind of signals that it's something that uh, you need to change the appetite of the consumer a little bit and get them used to um, you know paying for content a little bit more. I think one of the reasons that YouTube has been so successful in India is because um, they were able to get some major studios on board with putting out their content for free and have it be ad supported and do an yeah. ad rev split. Um, there wasn't really a like rerun culture uh, in India for a while. And YouTube and Google did a lot of convincing to get those studios to say, hey, like once you put this online, people will still want to watch it. Right, And, um, you know, they've enjoyed some nice ad rev splits because of that. So, so I do think that that's one thing that is a little difficult to overcome. Um, You're know, kind of on the same note. I mean, like torrenting uh, in parts of Asia and India in particular is, you know, just everywhere, you know, very pervasive. And so, um, so that's another thing. And I think torrenting also plays into the idea of only having limited connectivity. Yeah. Right. And and, and so, you know, if you know that you're going to have really great connection for three hours while you're hanging out with your friends or something like that at the library, then you're going to take advantage of that, download something that you can watch offline, you know, if it's a full length movie or something like that. Uh, and then watch it when you're back home because you have it Right. an Offline file. Um, so that's just kind of another issue. I, th- I think that'll be particularly difficult for, like you said, like Amazon's streaming option and uh, Netflix's streaming option as well.
0: Yeah. And I'd have to think that this problem will eventually get solved because as I understand it. Um, India's film industry with you know, studios like Eros, I mean, it's fairly sizable. And I, c- I have to imagine a world where Jet Bezos would want to get in on that and distribute it through Prime or something.
1: Yeah. And, and, in the, uh, the Fortune profile on Amazon and their efforts in India, they said like this is a trillion dollar opportunity. Like you know, we are yeah. we are looking to explode in India. Yeah, and so um, they are throwing a ton of money at it, and I'm sure they will crack the code. Um, you know, like we said, that it took some creative solutions to. Really cater well to the market um, with some of the other issues. I'm sure that there were, these companies will do the same here with, um, you know, torrenting and kind of the ad- reliance on the ad supported model and that familiarity. But it might take some time.
0: Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for your thoughts, Dylan. Always a pleasure, will Sean. You? Before we go, yeah, uh, we
1: uh, we over at Fool.com have put together a list of the best articles from 2015. Do you know that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I've actually read them all. <laughs> so hmm. the editors went through what the twenty thousand plus articles published in 2015. We did not do that many. I think we did, yeah, because wow. we were over 2,000 a month. Wow. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, so, the editors at full.com have gone through the over 20,000 articles published in 2015 and handpicked, I don't know, maybe the five or six best from each month Yeah, and have put it all together in a nice nifty little report uh, called full.com's recommended reading 2015. And so, if you are interested in getting it,
0: would uh, you email industryfocus.fool.com. com? Yep, we are more than happy to send it to you. Um, and again, that's just industry, uh, industryfocus at fool.com. And of course, if you have any questions about the show or suggestions, feel free to email us there as well. And uh, I think that does it for me. I think I can yeah, sign off now. awesome. Cool. <laughs> and you need some water, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. Uh, and as always, people on this program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. We're going to go build a snowman. Thanks yeah. for listening and full on.